Hello, this is Steve Spar, your host for SQ Unplugged, Conversations in Spiritual Intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is the ability to act with wisdom, compassion, and peace in the stress and pressure of the real world. Each episode of SQ Unplugged, I will talk with an SQ21 certified coach, which was a model developed by Cindy Wigglesworth of DeepChange.com. We'll discuss the challenges of how to be spiritually intelligent in the midst of modern life. Hello, welcome back to SQ Unplugged, the ongoing conversation about spiritual intelligence, living with wisdom, compassion, and equanimity. Today I'm here with Dr. Veronica Tracy Smith. Veronica is a psychologist. She is also a coach, a mentor, and teacher of coaches. She teaches at the SQ21 Coach Certification course. She's also a longtime colleague and friend. I'm very happy to welcome you into this conversation. Hello, Veronica. Thanks, Steve. I'm really happy to be here. Great. We've been talking with different SQ21 coaches about spirituality, about spiritual intelligence, about how to try to bring it into the world. So what is showing up for you in terms of SQ in your life, in the world? uh, What are you seeing? Yeah, in uh, a world where a lot is happening, a lot of energy going on in uh, divergent uh, ways, if we could say that. What I'm seeing is just amazing transformation with clients and with groups. And as groups come together, uh, this willingness to look at themselves. I'm working with these amazing young people um, in their 20s and 30s and um, just their quest for their truth and to live from a place of integrity and who have they come here to be and looking at their soul and, and finding ways to heal their own trauma and do a lot of forgiveness work has been really amazing. Um, also being part of different groups that are part of bringing in the we space. And I think that's something that's really been developing. And I think it is when people are really hurting, they reach for things that they don't usually reach for. And I'm, I'm seeing that more in the world, more people wanting to, you know, come together in a different kind of way. And it sure seems like that's what it's going to take is to come from this other place of consciousness, right. That, um, that meets us in a different place too, that we hold a, a larger perspective and, and even a creative perspective of how can we do this differently? What we've been doing isn't working. Um, yeah, so this, even looking at the, the neurobiology that happens within us, you know, you're smiling, I know, because you know my, my lifelong quest really to bring spirituality and trauma together and have the lens of, of everyone has trauma and how do we navigate those places where we're hurt and broken and kind of bring that together. I I utilized a lot of um, body exercises through somatic experiencing, even in like meditations and bringing that into the work that I do. Um, It's like bringing your soul back into your body. Well, you do a lot of work with clients as a psychologist, as a therapist, So you're saying that you're seeing a lot of people open to this in ways maybe they weren't in previous years or previous decades. I mean, it's really encouraging to hear. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and kind of the old way and the ways that I was trained to do trauma work was to, you know, get in there and keep looking for all those places that were hurt and to cry it out and to talk about it. This is different. This is transforming the energy of the emotion inside your body in the way that the vagus nerve actually heals and you can have, you know, anger or hurt or flashbacks. And, and what we do is we help people to feel more present in their body before going into even small pieces of that and then coming out when it becomes too much. So we're building up a tolerance. And I have to say, I'm bringing this into coaching as well. There's more coaches that are trained in this and, um, you know, as it's one way of doing it, um, polyvagal theory is is underlying that but also there's other ways of doing that and i think when people start to get educated on you know the equanimity piece to how to to have this calm peace internally and externally and practicing more self-compassion and self-forgiveness that opens up a whole world of being open to and seeing the perspective of another, the worldview of another and recognizing, yes, we have a worldview, but others have worldview and to be much more compassionate and step into those shoes of other people to see, Hmm, I wonder what it's like to be in their shoes, even for a moment. Yes. You know, I I definitely like the framing of worldview and that yet that can be kind of cerebral oh, I understand you see things differently, but the stuff that you have brought up about polyvagal, about trauma, which you really opened my eyes to um, in thinking about things in terms of trauma. Because in the past I might've thought, and when I went through my own therapeutic work, that it was about me coming to terms with things in my past and it felt very individual and not willpower, but almost like, well, I can face this. And it just felt very kind of, uh, not linear, flat. It felt like it was going along one flat landscape and I was knocking down certain bowling pins. But you're talking about a way for people to come into, when you say polyvagal and building resistance and building capacity in people so that they can then face those things in their past. And we can call it trauma. And we've all gone through, we may not have all lived through a genocide or a hurricane or abuse, but We have all gone through life where as a kid, you know, you think that you're dying because the bullies are picking on you or something. And so your use of that, your approach of that is really um, helping people. The ultimate goal is integration of all of those experiences. But it almost has to start. Personalities, yeah, integrating all of that. And I just want to say it's not building a resistance, it's building more tolerance to to be able to tolerate some uncomfortableness, but also to bring back the self-soothing and the self-compassion. And that actually relaxes our, our physical body. And in the old way, I think you described it really well, Steve, is you built up this armor almost, right? To be able to face, and I did too. I mean, I've been working on my own <laughs> trauma and I had abuse as a child and um, and abandonment. So I, I built up this armor, like I can be tough enough to face it. Right. But what happens is we're doing the same thing in our physicality, in our body, we're still building 
as you called it, resistance, right? This resistant way of kind of having to deal with it and being tough. This other way is a softening, a loving of your, your whole being. It's accepting all those sub-personalities and, and like you said, integrating them. Integrating them though from a, a much more loving source within ourselves, you know, and developing that witness self and that's part of our spirituality to be able to go to higher unitive states and spaces um, that are timeless and um, spacelessness, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and to have the capacity to have that, that love for yourself and compassion for yourself and, and to be able to hold that for others. I, you know me, I always say self-compassion has to start with yourself and that's where that self-healing comes from, but it's also collective healing. And as we do that, we're better able to be with others and to, to be in these spaces together where, you know, really spirit comes alive and there's a aliveness to um, that inner subjective space. And we can walk into that at that point as we do that healing for ourselves. So there's two pieces that I'd like to bring together. Um, one is you obviously, and many people can approach all of this trauma theory, polyvagal theory from a psychological aspect, but there is also the possibility of looking at it through a spiritual lens. So yeah, to let go of those defenses, which is what the ego has done to help us get through all of those experiences, but now maybe is not the armor is not as necessary. So when I hear you say softening into approaching a traumatic memory, that's a sort of letting go. That's a sort of letting your ego defenses down and opening to what I would call it spirit or the possibility of that is there. So yeah. that is one line I heard you. And then another line I'd like to bring in with it is what you also said about we space. So a self-improvement slash psychological slash therapeutic slash spiritual journey can be about one person achieving mastery. But it also is true that if we're interconnected, then my way of relating with you can be as therapeutic as anything I do just internally with myself. Absolutely. Can I so the, give you the an spiritual example? And the, and the, um, and the we space part where the two I saw coming together. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it is a psycho spiritual way of approaching things. And for so long, the trauma work that I did and the psychological work that I did and my spiritual self were so, you know, cut off from each other. And yet I was doing this in my individual life and I didn't have the tools and know how to bring it together. And um, Cindy's work in spiritual intelligence and looking at the skills and doing much deeper dives for myself helped me get there, but gosh, it's been slugging along. So now bringing the psycho spiritual embodied place, it, there's such a deepening. So an example is when I work with individuals and when I'm in the we space, what we do is we keep our eyes open, you know, so some of the, the meditations like the meditation group we're part of together we do the inner subjective space with our eyes open and then we also go into our closed eyes traveling meditation space um doing the work the psychological or the coaching 
for people to become more embodied. And usually people want to at first close their eyes and that's where shame is. You know, we talk about the ego. If we can love and soften all those sub personalities that our ego makes up now, it's not that we have to just drop our resistance, but we go with it and we love and care for and have compassion for these spaces in ways that we can self-soothe. So I teach ways like hand on heart, hand on your gut, upper, you know, upper gut right below your diaphragm, just to soften into your body and, and whatever emotion is there to watch it more as a witness to, to see what happens as we attend to it, what happens as we allow, you know, whatever's going on to be there and it, it transforms, it, it changes, it expands. Um, anger, sadness, hurt, abandonment, whatever it is, it's amazing. And we keep following through, that. Through witnessing, system. you're saying. Well, if through being embodied, through being more present with yourself. And most people want to close their eyes because they're going into that shame. So because we have these beautiful mirror neurons, we keep our eyes open in that social engagement, you know, um, Dan, Dr. Dan Siegel uh, calls the mind and names the mind as information energy flow within us, information energy flow in between us, you know, that our mind is more of this expansive thing and not just our brain. And I kind of see that as the, that psycho spiritual connection that, you know, brings us back to our healing. And if we're hurt in relationship, wow, the thing, the salve that, that heals us is also that social engagement and being present to what is in, in us at that time. And I, I see that carry through in my own meditation and meditation that I do with other people um, and bringing that all together in more of a psycho-spiritual place where we can deal with these larger parts and and the way that Cindy's map is you know there's actual skills that we can look at and people can decide what's important for them um you know for myself personally I've worked many years just trying to be that calm and healing presence no matter where I am mm -hmm. um and have had a lot of opportunities for growth and especially the last few years um, with my mom being sick and then passing and my husband has had a whole lot of health challenges as I have. Um, it has it has been a deepening into it and seeing those spaces where my ego self or whatever parts come up and what I'm finding is even just being much more loving and compassionate with myself instead of you know, just kind of bouncing with those things and feeling right. bounced around by you know, kind of some severe life and death situations. Um, right. It's enough to rock you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, fascinating. I've had breast you... cancer this last year. My husband almost lost his life um, because of his heart and has had, you know, kind of daily blood pressure issues and some other things that go along with it. So it, it's been in real time for me and in some ways, like, wow, just to see where I was when I was taking care of my mom, where I am now, um, watching that growth in myself and 
more as a witness though, you know, like, oh, this is kind of how this works. And, oh, yeah, this is where I'm getting stuck. And, you know, but just having much more caring for myself in the whole learn process. When we're faced with things like that, um, we kind of have maybe a choice and it's okay if we decide to shrink back temporarily or can't face that right now. Yeah. But it's like, I think Richard Rohr has said that suffering is the, the way through uh, to transformation. And so maybe we can't, maybe we can't really go to the next level, but for something that, that shakes us. Cause I know that in my life with uh, people here in my family as well, when we hit those, health crises or other crises in your family where you don't have control anymore and you can't do things at the same way you did. So there's a vulnerability there that yeah. makes things possible that might not have been, but for that suffering or that tragic event. Right. And, and that is the deeper surrendering and the kenosis that um, self emptying, you know, that I, I try to bring to my spiritual practice every day is really that self-emptying and and show me where I'm not emptying, you know, show me where. So I, I know kenosis, the listeners may not know it. It's a Greek term talking about self-emptying. So say, say just yes. a little bit more about how that shows up for you or what, what do you mean by self-emptying? Uh, that's a great question. It, it's, it can be different depending on the time or what, what I'm maybe holding on to that I didn't realize. So first the body scan, right? Where am I holding that tension? And if it has a name or wants to say what it is. Um, and also in kind of prayer and meditation, just emptying my heart. Like I've had such a physical experience of my heart opening. And I don't know how to describe that more than just kind of the the opening gets bigger and it just feels like pouring forth of wanting to be of service. Um, and you know, what is, who have I come here to be? What, what is my soul's purpose in this moment? What is my legacy? And I used to think of legacy kind of off in the future or, um, something I have to do or something I leave behind, but I've picked it up in a different way. It's like, how am I being in the legacy of love in this moment that I'm with you, Steve, in this conversation? Sure, because I... you'll have an impact uh, on me going into the future. That's a type of legacy in this moment. Yeah. So it's more this immediacy. And it feels like all of my life is more this immediacy and saying no to the things I need to say no to and saying yes to the things um, that feel just really resonate. So again, how do things resonate? There's, there's something that I experience internally that feels, ah, yes, there's a definite yes versus a, mm, no, this isn't for me right now, you know, whatever that might be. Um, and it's really not, you know, I know I said versus, but it's not a polarity to manage. It's really being presence and, you know, kind of, mindful but almost beyond the mindfulness i think presence is a good word for it and that really does take a willingness to be vulnerable to let armoring drop and uh it's something that helps me make that surrendering 
easier is uh, my sense. I don't feel it's a belief anymore. It's my sense that the universe is loving, that there is an animating intelligence in the universe that's working for my benefit that I can relate to, and therefore I can relax into because there's something there. There is a, a net at some place. And of course, everyone's view on these ultimate questions is different, but that feels like a truth for me. And that's what lets me let go of ego self, Steve letting go of his skills for making sure things could come out a certain way and he can protect himself and he can protect his family members. You know, being able to let go of that, uh, for me, that inner acceptance of, of this benign universe. But Einstein yeah. said the, the basic question is, do you believe the, the universe is, you know, beneficent or malevolent? And uh, my, my sense of that has helped me in my surrendering. Yeah. And I see that for, for a lot of people when we feel safer inside ourselves and we can surrender more even from a physical place that the world seems to get friendlier and more loving. Um, and I, I think I shared with you last week, I had a dream waking up in the middle of the night. I have always had you. I, I have always taken care of you and all, like we are all taken care of. This dream was so powerful. And yeah, I think what you're saying is, is right on. And if we've grown up with all that trauma and nothing and nobody feels safe, yeah, of course, you, you have to do armoring and safety first. Yeah, how do you get there? So doing this other work and watching people come through that and then experience themselves as, you know, having the ability to have more caring and compassion for people and doing their forgiveness work and letting go so they can feel more safe in the world themselves helps them with more safety and feeling more cared for in a greater sense. Right. Yeah. And trusting more. And, and again, back to that social engagement, right. Doing it with someone with the eyes open and in a loving atmosphere, you know, together in the groups. I mean, you know, to think of each of us as irreplaceable, like you're important in this moment. Cherished. Yeah. And, and how you show up matters and how you show up in the world and how do you want to show up and, and what's your, you know, uh, Cindy would say your guiding question. Yeah. What's your, what's your momentary legacy? What's your immediacy of your legacy and how you're, you're showing up with that part. So I think that's like the growth edge there that we're never complete until we're out of here. Right. So what is that growth edge? That's what I'm always looking for. Where's my growth edge, you know, and how can I nurture that and how can I be more gentle? So those other parts can come along for the ride. Where, where would you say your growth edge is right now? Where are you feeling into? Uh, for every moment, kind of listening more deeply inside myself to um, how I'm guided by the divine. And in those moments where, you know, life and death situations come up where I'm cranky and hungry, you know, how do I show up in those interactions? Um, that, that's always my growth edge, you know, that's always how do I show up as a human in this body and 
having hot flashes sometimes and not sleeping well. And, you know, I've gone through it with my hormones through breast cancer this year and, and just even witnessing that and instead of getting all wrapped up in about it, just like, Oh, isn't this interesting? Here's this human experience that I'm having. I know other people have had it. I haven't really been through this before. Isn't this interesting? And bringing more curiosity to that moment. I'm not saying that I'm always great at it either. So I was going to say, it sounds hard. Yeah. Well, in, even in those moments to like, Oh, wow. Okay. I can always go back and apologize if I need to and apologize to myself um, to be, go back and be more gentle with myself. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, as we start to kind of work towards the close of this episode, um, I'm wondering if you have a takeaway or a provocative question or a thought or something you'd like to leave people with to chew on. What would be something that would be useful, either out of something we've talked about or just something that arises for you as you think about it? Yeah, I guess a question is, how are you living your legacy and how can you be more embodied in that moment to moment? How can you bring your consciousness more into awareness, not just in your head thinking about things, but into your heart and, and grounding yourself in your physicality. That's great. I really, that's something I've picked up from just our conversation here today. This thought about each moment that you're with someone can, you can be think about it in terms of legacy. That's a very nice framing. Nice. Thank you, Veronica. Thank you very much for, for being on this episode of SQ Unplugged. Thank you. Thanks for having this chat. And always interesting when I talk with you, Steve. <laughs> yes. So thank you, listeners. I hope you're able to make it back for another episode of SQ Unplugged, uh, enhancing spiritual intelligence for yourself and for service to the world. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.